Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Mandy Miskowitz, owner of Rise, a business development firm. Mandy, it's great to have you on the show. It's great to be here. Thanks, Jeremy. All right. So before we jump in, I'm just going to do a little self-promotion here. So Engage Your Tribe is brought to you by Tribal Knowledge Podcasting. That's my business. We're a full-service B2B podcasting agency that helps B2B brands use podcasting as a fun and efficient way to have authentic, non-salesy conversations with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Learn more at tribknowledge.com. So, Mandy, uh, let's get started by just tell us a little bit about yourself, about your background, and about Rise. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I graduated from Kelly School of Business with a marketing degree and went on to work in some big corporations and figured out pretty quickly that wasn't a good fit for me. I liked the smaller mom-and-pop type shops. So, my husband and I met in Chicago, moved to San Diego. I did... I helped uh, actually a friend from Kelly start a business out there and did that for a few years. And then I got into real estate, which was a fun place to be in real estate. And then we moved back here about 12 years ago and I did a few other things, but in 2015, bought a marketing franchise, which kind of spun into what I'm doing now. And now I'm just on my own outside the franchise system and, and the owner of Rise, which is a marketing consulting firm. Okay, very cool. And for listeners who don't know, when you say here, you mean Bloomington, Indiana, Sorry. where yes, we where we both live. Yes, right. Bloomington, Indiana. Yes, and uh, and you the Kelly School of Business at Indiana University, which is yes, in yes. Bloomington, Indiana. Right. <laughs> yep, it all came full circle. Yeah. Now, okay, so you're a local business essentially, Correct. based right here in Bloomington, and. Like a lot of local businesses, we talked about this a week or so ago, but you rely on like referrals and networking through our local chamber of commerce, other networking opportunities and so on. But you also, of course, have a website. Mm-hmm. And so you do some content marketing, even if it's just you know through having a website. So that's what I'm curious about. Is there a case to be made for local businesses, yours included, for doing at least some level of content marketing beyond just having a website. Absolutely. I mean, anytime you're you're representing your brand, you're marketing it, right? So whether that's social and talking to your audience, which is, you know, maybe B2B, people I think sometimes don't think that just because they're B2B that they need to be marketing in that format, but your audience is still going to find you, you know, whether it be they find your website or they find you through the chamber, they're going to kind of vet you. And so that's the way I look at social media and content marketing for business to business organizations is they're vetting you. They're going to make sure that you're legit, that you're operating, that you're still in business. You know, sometimes you go to a a social media site and you're like, they haven't, it's a restaurant. They haven't posted in three years. You're like, okay, well, I guess they're not around anymore. Hmm. You know, so it's the same thing for business to business. You know, they're going to see what kind of content you're putting out. They want to see what, what you, what you're telling the world about yourself. And I kind of call it the new yellow pages, right? It's like hmm. back in the day, you looked at the yellow pages and you saw an ad and you're like, okay, usually people paid for an ad because they wanted the recognition and they wanted to, to be seen versus just a little line item. And it's the same thing with social. I mean, it's it's the new yellow pages. That's pretty much what you should view it as. And I know a company I used to work for used to spend over $100,000 on the yellow pages every single year. Mm. So think about, you know, kind of for people who've been in the business a long time, I think that's a good way to 
to shift their mentality on putting money into social and digital marketing because we just don't have that that paper trail anymore like we used to. Yeah. By the way, for listeners who are young enough, the Yellow Pages <laughs> was this big, thick book that you'd get that literally was yellow, like the pages were yellow. And yep. it was like, the, it was like a pre-internet version of Google, right? Exactly. You'd have to exactly. leaf through and go to like, oh, restaurants, like go to the R and in your area, <laughs> look for all the different restaurants and the ads and, and all that stuff. Yep. And I'm old, I'm, I'm old enough to literally remember that. Okay. So, so of course you're right that no matter, even if you're a local business in a small town like ours, people are still online, obviously. 100%. Right? Yep. So, so you have to be online in one form or another, even just beyond, you can't have like a static website that's just, right. you know, a couple pictures yep. and copy that never changes. So, but let's get a little more specific. So let's say you're a restaurant and uh, you're like, what kind of content, again, beyond just on your website, or I guess we can include on your, on your website too, assuming that, yep. you know, you have to have different content on there that's changing. What kind of content should you be concentrating on if you're going to do content marketing? Let's just yeah. start there with like the use case of a restaurant, just as yeah, one example. Absolutely. So, I mean, good photography is always going to be needed, especially for a restaurant. And I suggest hiring a food photographer, even if it's just for a four hour period and you make a bunch of dishes or you do it as they come out of the oven or whatever the case may be, but you need really good food photography. Nobody is going to be going through their feed and see a really terrible picture of a pizza and want to come and eat it. Yeah. So I always say, if you can't get really good food photography, less is more, right? So recycle, <laughs> recycle, feel really good pictures. Ask your audience to take pictures. You'd be shocked at how good people, just the layman out there who are eating your food, mm. how great of pictures they can take, ask them to tag you. Especially on Instagram, there's a separate little box for people who've tagged your content. So we um, use that a lot on restaurants. We'll say, you know, we'll reach out. Normally they want you to share it. That's the reason they're tagging you. So usually they're totally fine with it, but we'll just DM them and say, Hey, do you mind if we re repost your your picture of our, you know, salad and give you full credit, you know, and they're happy about that. Even if it's just like, you know, a mom who was there with her two kids, like she's totally cool with it. Usually. I mean, usually you don't put it out if you don't want it, you know, to be seen. So, but really it's just putting that same brand image. It, it goes across any vertical, honestly. It's like what mm. you, you get to dictate. This is the number one thing that I tell my clients. You dictate the image you're putting out into the world. It's that simple. So yeah. don't put terrible pictures of food out if you don't, you know what I mean? Like that, you don't want that to be the image. Be like, oh, well, I saw their pasta, but it looked a little suspect. Yeah. You know, like you want it to be really good content. And same with your website. It doesn't have to be, especially for a restaurant, it doesn't have to be updated constantly, but make yeah. sure it's the right menu. You know, if you don't offer that dish anymore, swap out the menu to what, what you have current that that's also something I see a lot with restaurants is especially pricing a lot of people have raised their pricing during the pandemic they have figured out that people will pay a little more their costs have gone up there's additional cleaning you know there's all kinds of things that have changed well the last thing you want is somebody to kind of go online and figure out what they're gonna have I do that all the time because I'm a super picky eater so I like to go online first see what I'm getting so that when I get to the restaurant, I can just chat with my friends and I'm not like stressed about what I'm going to yeah. eat. It doesn't take me 15 minutes to decide. 
But the one thing that is hard is when you look at their menu then and it's different and you're like, oh man, I really wanted that, you know, great salad that I saw and now it's gone. And also pricing. That's another big shock factor too. Cause a lot, sometimes it's 30% that it's been raised. You know, it can be a significant amount of money that has changed or a price yeah. that has changed. And so you don't want also your audience. Cause there are some people who will be like on your website, it was this much. Mm -hmm. And that's just putting everybody in an uncomfortable position that the server doesn't know, you know, they're going to be like, I'm sorry. I, you know, I just know what we're charging right, now. Yeah. <laughs> I've been here for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Especially so, these days. That's probably too. They probably have been there for two weeks. Absolutely. So, so just kind of keeping everything, just thinking about like the, the analogy we love to use too on digital and to, to make people really understand is I'm not going to, if I walk past a place and it's got fogged up, just dirty windows I'm going to keep walking. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing on your digital. If I get on there and I'm like, me, like doesn't, you know, not appealing. Pictures don't look appealing. There's nothing exciting about it. I'm just going to me and walk on by, you know, same yeah. thing with my, you know, with my likes and, and shares and all of that. So, and people do a lot of times, like I just got back from traveling this last week. And we made our decisions about restaurants based on what we saw online. We were coming yep. to the area for the first time. That's all we had to go off of. So that's how we made our decisions. And it was the people who had really great social content that we ended up eating at. Yeah. I think that's especially true for a restaurant. Absolutely. Right. I mean, it's so visual. Yes. It's if if you happen to see a picture of food that just looks like greasy or whatever. Yeah. Even if it's not true, even if it's actually delicious and it's just a bad photo, you're yep. like, nope, not yep. going to, you know, exactly. you might not even bother to look at the comments or whatever. Exactly. And I would say too, like, especially if you end up hiring somebody to take some photography, they are pretty well versed and they would do this anyway. But like, you can use the same dish. You can put it in different places around the restaurant. And now right. you've got five pieces of content with one dish. Just just put that in, you know. I mean, nobody's going to realize it was the exact same salad, you know, because no one cares. All right, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Exactly. So you can, you know, you can get pretty pretty creative with that few hundred dollars or even a thousand dollars that you might spend on a photographer. Yeah, it's not worth skimping in doing no. it yourself if 100%. if you don't know the difference between a good and a bad photo. Absolutely. And you know, I think obviously the same would go for video. Mm -hmm. You know, and yep. like one thing that I see that I always find amusing and a little alarming, and I, I'm guilty of this sometimes too, is people will take a video and then just publish it with whatever image happens to be like the thumbnail. And it's <laughs> often someone like in mid sentence with like, yeah. you know, their mouth open or eyes closed and you just, and, and at a glance, you're like, whoa, what's wrong with that person? Or like what <laughs> happened? It's just such an yeah. odd Look, like, you know, you don't want to turn people away, you know, kind of similarly yes. to what you're talking about with a photo. Like, take the time and create a little thumbnail yeah, exactly. that looks, you know, normal. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny because it's like, there's certain caveats. It's like, if you use a publishing app, it doesn't allow you to, I don't know. So there's some right. little, you know, things that, that fall in there, but I know, but I'm also like, but I also tell my clients like, don't get so hung up that you're like paralyzed to make a video. Just do it. Just yeah, like, that's true. Be yourself, be authentic. The organic content 
generally speaking, you know, gets way more likes yeah. and views and shares than than anything that's been, you know, severely manipulated. But but to your point, yes, you should definitely take some time to make sure that it's not or like somebody's not saying something weird in the background. That's the one thing about video. I'm always like, oh my gosh, like be careful. <laughs> don't, you know, don't record it in the middle of a busy like restaurant, you know, lunch shift and you're like got somebody back here talking about who knows what in the background. Right. Like, no, 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 no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a balance, right? Like I totally agree on the one hand, don't get so hung up that you never publish anything because, you know, you're not Steven Spielberg or whatever. Like it's not never going to be perfect unless you want to spend lots of money. But even then, you know, just get stuff out there. On the other hand, take the low hanging fruit, like, you know, have a decently lit space. It's not that hard. Have clear the clutter out of the background. Don't just have a bunch of crap there. Uh, You know, same thing like with a photo, just take a little time, do something to make it look better, Yeah, but you don't have to stress, like obsess over it. Okay. So, so what about, let's talk about local B2B businesses Mm -hmm. you mentioned. I mean, you're, you're a local B2B business. So, and again, in terms of the kind of content marketing that you're going to do, I would think it's, you know, different than, Mm -hmm. than B2C. Right. Like you, you might not be as reliant on photography for one thing, like a restaurant might. So what does that look like? You're a local B2B business, you know, relying on referrals, but still you have a website, of course. Mm -hmm. What do you want to concentrate on there? What what kind of content do you want to be producing on a regular basis? It's, you know, honestly, it doesn't really change much. And it's, you talk to your audience. What does your audience want to know from you? If you're an expert in a field, show people you're an expert in a field, you know, and that, and again, they're going to go vet you. They're going to go, you know, they might like following your tips and tricks. Like maybe you do something with, I don't know, resume writing, random, but (laughs) you know, what if you're a resume writer? Well, maybe you throw a little tip out, you know, once a week, that's your thing. Or, you know, you, you give them some insight into what job, you know, what executives are looking for right now, you know, talk to, that's the biggest thing. Like don't, don't try to do what everyone else is doing. Do put out in the digital space the same thing you would say when you're selling them, right? Like this is my, these are my strengths. This is what I can help you with. Whether Maybe maybe you love quotes, like put something, put quotes out, you know, that just talk about your field or talk about your, whatever it is you're an expert in, but that's what they really want to know. They want to trust you. And for me, I'm super involved in the local community and that's really what my franchise was built on and my consulting business. So I love to post things about like a little, you know, place in the mall that's selling all local items or, you know, different little hole in the wall restaurants that people who aren't from here might not know, or, you know, little things like that. Or if there's something going on the library, you know, things that are just local, right? Because I'm a local person and I want to share my local knowledge. So I, you know, that's kind of a lot of the things that I do. It's just like supporting local makers, supporting all of our local businesses over choosing a chain. And a lot of times too, what people, you know, need to realize is we have, you know, you have a slow drip coming out the bottom of your, your uh, bucket, right? That's what we always say. Like 20% of the population moves every year. Like you're always losing your, you're losing your clients any way you slice it. No matter if you're B2B, B2C, it doesn't matter. They're slowly dripping out the bottom. What are you doing to refill the top of the bucket? 
yeah. eventually it's going to dry up. You know, if you don't keep filling it, it's going to dry up. So what are you doing? And that can be, again, it could be DMing somebody on social and just being like, oh my gosh, I love that post you made. I, you know, I was just there or, oh, I didn't know you were so, or on that board. I didn't know you did that. I love that nonprofit. Thank you so much for dedicating your time to it. Like, and I think for me, it's building relationships. I think yeah. number one, hands down, you can do that digitally. It's a little bit harder, but you can. But I think for B2B in a, any community, honestly, I mean, every, even a big city has smaller little villages mm -hmm. and, you know, little pockets of it. And it just comes back to building relationships. And you can do that online. You show your personality, you know, people see your authenticity with what you put your time, energy, and money behind. And, and I think that goes really far when you're trying to sell B to B, you know, they really need to feel like you're authentic, that you're, you know, doing the right things, that you're not just here to make a sale. Yeah. I think everybody's been sold on something at one point in time. And you're like, wow, okay, that was really, they just really wanted my money and like yeah. never hear from them again. And I think when you're B2B, to, B to B, you have to just be a lot more careful about that. You just really have to authentically build relationships with people. And that's gonna, it takes longer. You know, it's not like throwing yeah. $5,000 behind a marketing campaign and, you know, it's, it's takes time and it takes energy, but there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, in sales marketing speak, we're talking about keeping the pipeline full, yep, yep. right? Absolutely. And, and the funnel, the top of the funnel, yep. middle, bottom, all that stuff. And yeah, I think you're totally right. And, and this is sort of the, the contemporary theory of sales and marketing, right? It's it's different than advertising. Absolutely. So when you're talking about putting content out there, it's I think sort of like the one, well, there are a bunch of like tips or rules, but one of those rules is you're not talking about yourself. Right. It's not product focused, right? Or product led. It's not just, hey, we have a new product. Here are all the bells and whistles. Look how great we are. We just mm -hmm. won an award. I mean, some of that is right. okay. Right. Right. But to build building relationships what you talked about it's kind of like it's like if you're you meet someone at a party and if all they do is talk about themselves <laughs> then you're like yeah that's not really someone i want to hang out with right, for very right. long because yeah. that's just so off-putting right like yes. if they're not, not at all curious about you or don't ask a single question you're like yeah i'm not going to hang out with that person again right yep. but yep. If they are friendly and like, oh, what do you, you know, if they ask about you and they, it's a, it's a, an actual conversation, then you're like, oh, what a cool person. I want to, yeah. yeah, I'm willing to spend more time with them. I think it's kind of the same thing mm -hmm. in, Absolutely. you know, in definitely in the B2B world. Like that's, yeah. and, and that's, and you do that through the content you put out and on social interacting with people. And I think that could be a hard lesson to learn if you're not used to doing that. Absolutely. It's a little bit more, it's a little harder, I think, for B2B to understand that, you know, they yeah. get like, if you're B2C, they get if you have a product to push, if you have a, you know, a service yeah. to sell, like they get that. But I think, yeah, it's just looking through that lens, you know, it's like, what does my audience want? To know for me. And, and the same thing, the, that same content can be used for email, yep. email marketing. That's the other thing that I think B2B is a little uh, more hesitant to do. And it's like, it's still the same concept. Yeah. You know, it's still the same. If you want to send out a little bit more intimate information, you know, in a smaller setting, like an email marketing, great. But you can also reuse that content that you put out on social. So you're not doing, you know, triple the amount of work. I think that also is hard for small business owners to understand. They feel like they hear, I've got to do social. I've got to get my website. You know, I've got to change that out. I've got to do email. And they're yeah. like, how am I going to do all that? And it's like, 
just use the same content, you know, repurpose like, it. Yeah. Right. Repurpose it so that it doesn't feel overwhelming. And you would be shocked. I have some clients that are really strategic with their email marketing and they will get responses back, which is mm-hmm. so odd. You know, right. it's like, they will be like, Oh my gosh, you know, so-and-so commented about, you know, they just love my story or they love, you know, the other thing that I like to talk about is your why. So Mm. why are you doing this? And I think especially with B2B, that's really important. It is obviously very important with B2C. We definitely have a generation that wants to know why. They want to know why Mm -hmm. you're doing what you're doing. They want to know what this product was built for. But same with B, same with B2B. Like I want to know why you, why I want to know why you got into podcasting. You know, I want to know those things because it makes me feel, you know, obviously connect with you. It, It shows me more about who you are. So, so there's, I think that vulnerability is lost a little in B2B and that's what you get when you talk to somebody across at a table, right? Or at a party, mm-hmm. you get that like, well, why do you do what you do? Well, that comes out in conversation and it can come out, you know, in your story on your website or on your story on your, on your digital platforms. But it's just important to kind of let people know why you're spending, you know, 40 hours a week, 45 yeah. hours a week. <laughs> right. It's like if you're at a networking event and you meet, you know, someone and you want to get to know them, you're not going to ask like, so what was your gross revenue last year? Or like, (laughs) you're not going to ask them for like a table with data. Right. You're going to have the more holistic like, oh, so, you know, what do you do? Oh, cool. What do you, you know, how long have you done that? How did, why did you get into that? You know, that kind of thing. And that's how you build relationships, right? And yeah, like for me, I mean, it took me a while to realize, but it's all about like value and how you how you articulate the value of what you do. And again, it really can't be about this, like your products or services exactly. It's about the, the, how it makes people feel or like the more intrinsic value of what people will get if they actually do work with you. Right. Like for me, it's all about, you know, human connection, connecting with other people and having great conversations like we're doing right now, you know, And to, you know, I get emails all the time and people on LinkedIn and stuff like that. And the biggest mistake I'm seeing people make when they try to engage with me is they lead with themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, the first sentence is like, I'm this and that, and we've had success doing this and blah, blah, blah. blah. And then it's like, can can I have 15 minutes of your time? I'm like, no. Because you haven't demonstrated that you know anything about me. Yeah, yeah. You just seem to be spraying it out there. Exactly. You don't, you you know, as opposed to leading with, hey, I've spent some time on your website and I really was into that thing you wrote about this. Yeah. You know, that's that's really cool. I can see that you clearly put a lot of thought into this kind of thing. You know, I'm into that too. Yeah. Um, You know, would it, maybe we could chat about it sometime. Like, at least then I'm willing to be like, oh, well. Oh, you read my thing. You this yeah. is specific to me. You right. actually took some time to understand the things that I seem to care about. At least I'll I'll consider it then. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but I will not consider it if it's leading with my these are my credentials and look how awesome I am. Like, well, I don't even and even if it's something that maybe in some way I kind of am interested in. Right. I'm like yeah, I'm not interested, right but but not with you. <laughs> right, exactly. There's a million, a million. I don't care about you. There's a million other people that do the same exact thing. Yep, it's so true. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said for that. Just taking a few moments, and don't even get me started on LinkedIn and the message message box. I'm like, oh my god, will you please stop? <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, it can be a powerful tool, right? Yes, if you do it the yes, right way. But there's but... a lot of sales going on in that right now. And I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. Although those people tend not to succeed, right? Yes, I mean, yes. I, th I think I, in any, not that I'm such a master on LinkedIn, but anyway. Right, right. Okay. So shifting gears just a little bit, what's a marketing trend or a channel that you think is a little overrated? <laughs> oh boy. Well, that is a hard question. Because it really depends on your audience. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I have, I just had somebody last week that was like, I, it's a new consulting client and they asked if they need to be on TikTok. And I was like, no, you absolutely <laughs> do not need to be on TikTok. Like, you yeah. literally, no, I mean, yeah, your clients might be there, but they're not looking for you there. So I think people just really get caught up. And like, Facebook has a place as much as I personally wish it would just, go away, <laughs> even though I have to do it every day for, for all of my clients, it has its place and it gets traction with a certain demographic. And mm -hmm. then there's Instagram, which gets, tra you know, traction with a different demographic. I, I mean, to be honest, if social media would just go away, I think the world would be a much more pleasant place for everyone. Mm. There's, <laughs> there's a case there's, to be made. I know. There's part of me that's like, man, the back in the day you had radio, TV, <laughs> newspaper, and your friends and word of mouth, mm -hmm. just because it's a lot harder to control the narrative now, you know, you have yeah. these people who go on, you know, rants and you're like, oh gosh. But I will say the one thing that I have always told my business owners is, it, so for a restaurant, for example, of course, somebody's going to give them a one star and complain about, you know, how the shrimp cocktail almost killed them because they have an allergy and, you know, all the things. It's always going to happen. And I always tell them either don't respond yourself, let somebody else do it. Or like walk away and come back because the way you respond is how I'm going to judge the restaurant. Not what that person said. I am going to care more about the way you responded than I will about anything they said. So again, you're controlling the narrative. You know, there's those times where you read that negative review in the business. And this is on anything, right? Any business, you get a negative review. How you respond is you know, if it's legit, like we are so sorry, the manager came to your table, we offered to get you a new meal, we offered you a $50 gift card, we tried to make it right there. You know, I mean, that that says more to me than than the negative review. And that's the same thing with any business, really. It's like, you're controlling the na narrative on those platforms. And there are definitely some that some businesses don't need to put much time and energy into. But again, it's where your audience is. I have never seen the benefit of like snapfish marketing, unless you're just like legit trying to sell some bowl to the college students. You know what I mean? You're really just trying to be right in the college market. But a lot of times it's just doing your research. It's like, okay, so you spend $500 on Snapchat and, and it shows up for a total of two minutes. Like, is that, could that, could that money have possibly been used somewhere better? You know, so just kind of looking at those platforms individually and saying, is this where my audience is? Yeah. Which, which, you know, going back to what you said about TikTok, like the answer might be yes, if your audience is on TikTok. Exactly. Then, right. Yeah. And then it's a matter of like, okay, well, how do you do TikTok and all that stuff? But, yes. but it has to begin there with. Yeah. If you're asking that because you just keep hearing a lot about TikTok and everyone seems to be on it, then that's not a good enough reason. Exactly. Right? And I'm glad they asked before they set up an account and yeah. try to start doing it terribly. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, no doubt. I've been having that conversation a lot with people and it's kind of to the bigger issue of, do I need to be on all of the social media channels? And the answer to that is almost always no, no way. Exactly. Like, because yeah. your audience isn't on all of them. Right. 
And right. Twitter is the one that I get the most questions about. But again, it goes back to, well, and that that's, Twitter's actually an interesting one because it does really work, but it's more for the verticals, not the, not, not the end user, right? Yeah. It's like, it's great for news, sports. Yeah. It really works for certain verticals, but so it's less audience focused, if that makes sense. It's yeah, more yeah. about like what you're putting out on there. So yeah, I've like, I'm like, don't, no, don't, let's not waste time on Twitter because unless you're like throwing up, unless you're telling major breaking news or, you know, something like that, it's just not where people are searching right. for you or for this product. And I think the lure is like, and I felt this too, sometimes you're like, well, it's free to join. Like, yeah. Shouldn't we just do it? Like, what can it hurt? It's like, yeah. well, it'll suck your time. Exactly. And then you'll start spending money on it. So yeah, it actually will hurt. So, okay. Yeah, so exactly. flip side of the coin, what's a marketing trend trend or a channel or, you know, concept that you think is a little under? I would say probably Instagram. I think a lot of people have really gotten away from Facebook just because of the talk on it. Mm-hmm. But with Instagram, it's just pictures. Like if you want to go on a rant, you've got to find a picture to put with it. <laughs> and generally speaking, people aren't willing to do that. So I think Instagram can be really powerful. It's really powerful for B2, for shopping. I mean, I don't know if you've ever gotten sucked into some things on there where you're like, okay, you've now shown up in my feed 45 times. I'm intrigued and I'm going to, you know, and I'm going to mm-hmm. click. So I think Instagram can be really powerful for, because it crosses over all of those age graphs age gaps. I think most people who are on Facebook now are probably also on Instagram, if not on Instagram and have dropped their Facebook or, Mm -hmm. you know, muted it because it is gotten out of hand. So I would say Instagram would probably be the one that I I would say if you're going to spend some time and energy researching and figuring out the best content to put out doing Instagram. And the other thing nice about Instagram is you can post directly from Instagram to Facebook, but you can't do Facebook to Instagram. So even if you just have a Facebook presence because you need to, and of course everybody needs to, I mean, business wise, it's as simple as flipping the little button at the bottom and sharing it to Facebook and you never even have to get on there and pay attention to it. So, so I would say Instagram, definitely, it kind of gives you some perks like being able to share it seamlessly to another platform. And then also people are just, they can just be, you know, you can look a lot easier and not get caught up in any type of drama. Just kind of flip through, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, you know, for my business, I'm I'm actually not on Instagram so much. I mean, I focus on LinkedIn, but mm-hmm. you know, you're making me think like hmm, maybe I should at least <laughs> check it out. But I've seen it. Like, I have two kids, and they're both into glass working. They're oh. glass blowers. Yeah. And they make and sell stuff on Instagram. I mean, that's, that's how they do it. And yeah. and they make money. Like they're college students, but like they make money. by selling their stuff. And I was like, wow. And it just, you know, shows my age and like how (laughs) out of touch I am with some of that stuff. But I'm like, how do you, how do people find you? They're like, they connect with people and they do like auctions on Instagram and they say, so it can really be a powerful selling tool or marketing tool for sure. Shopify is probably one of the biggest sites to just set up. And like, if you want to sell something, you can just build your website on Shopify And it makes it so easy to sell on the platforms via like the back end of Shopify. So it really is. Instagram can be really powerful for sure. Mm -hmm. And people can tag you and it shows up in your other little box. You know, there's some, there's some really powerful things about it for sure. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, Mandy, we could go. I feel like we could go on and on. (laughs) 
You know, like, let's just do a marathon episode here, but I think we need to tap (laughs) out. Solve all of the world's problems. We would be so good. Yeah, no doubt. So, well, you know, I'll I'll have you back on the show because I really enjoy the conversation, learned a lot, and always good to connect with another, you know, Bloomington uh, business owner. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. I so appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.